Hey guys, welcome back uh, to Brentwood Barbell Radio. This week we are going to do a quick episode on five tips or strategies to improve your squat. Uh, these are uh, things that we often use when teaching an, a new athlete to squat or when we bring them in and do their, um, their intro program. So we thought we'd share them today. We've talked previously about the squat, um, but I think that was a little bit more in like a programming context. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about sort of like the actual teaching strategies that we use. All the secrets. Um, Yeah, the secrets. So, uh, Alex, you're probably going to have a lot to say on this episode since Mm -hmm. you're the guy that does the bulk of this at the gym. Um, So be anxious to hear kind of your thoughts. But um, you ready to get going? I'm ready. Cool. Okay. Um, So I got five areas that we'll talk about, and anything you want to add is obviously a fair game as well. Uh, the first thing that I thought we would note when we teach people how to squat, um, and again, the, atten- the intention will be to have them squatting with a barbell, um, and we'll get into the various positions later, but um, that is sort of our intention when we start with a client, uh, but that isn't necessarily the way we start. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so whenever we first start, we're going to go body weight. Uh, for one, I think also just kind of an overlooked way of it is it's kind of mentally just easier for them to <laughs> come in and comprehend doing a body weight squat. Sometimes that barbell squat can be intimidating to some people. And so easing them into the process and not throwing just an extra layer of difficulty on top of that is pretty important. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the at the beginning when you're learning a new you know, skill, uh, probably fewer tasks is better than more tasks, Hundred uh, you know, at least initially. And then once you sort of demonstrate, uh, some level of competency with, uh, those, those few items and you can add more items. Uh, so that makes sense to me. Um, and I will say a lot of, not all of, but a lot of what we're going to talk about today, you know, we, you know, honestly just, we have used the sort of the starting strength, uh, mechanical sort of teaching progression mm-hmm. for years. Um, you know, we, we've kind of added a few things here and there, uh, depending on the, the person, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of detail can be found on, um, the mechanics of teaching the squat in, um, in starting strength third edition, I think it is basic yep. barbell training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great book. Um, Big blue book. <laughs> if you're looking specifically on how to mechanically teach someone to move a barbell, um, it is, it's a pretty... I think reasonable sort of interpretation of how and why to move a barbell. So anyways, for what that's worth. Um, so yes, we'll bring a new client in. Um, we will, we will put them on the platform and we will kind of walk through the body weight squat and what, you know, what we're really trying to highlight in the body weight squat is the bottom of the squat, mm-hmm. right? Um, we want them to know generally, you know, Um, you know, where their hips are, where their knees are, where their feet are. Uh, We'll talk about that in a bit. But, um, you know, we just want them to feel the bottom position. Uh, And we have found that uh, folks can engage with that a little bit more effectively on the front end if they don't have to worry about the bar sort of uh, being in the right spot or rolling down their back. Or honestly, in some cases, it's just too heavy. Yeah, right. Um, you know, we have some clients that are older and, uh, you know, starting with a, a bar is really intimidating. So for all of those reasons, we really like the bodyweight squat. Um, you got anything else to add on that? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, just, you know, highlighting just like that kind of lower body 
uh, portion of it, the lower half of that squat, throwing in the bark, and yeah, it's just sometimes I have that difficulty, and there's no no rush in this process. You know, we're in it for the long game, so we want to kind of make sure we get all the little little steps in there. For sure. <clears throat> okay, so the second thing that we will go to once we have initiated the bodyweight squat is we will start to clean up or improve the athlete's stance. This is the second strategy or second tip. Um, and, you know, primarily, again, what we're looking for is finding the, the correct bottom position. And, and by correct, what I mean is, can the athlete squat to depth? Mm -hmm. And so we will define that as their hip crease below the top of their knee or quad. Um, are they flat footed? Yep. Um, and are they sort of stable, right? That's, that's kind of what we're looking for in a quote, correct, correct bottom position. Um, and so we'll start kind of cleaning that up. Alex, you want to give us some um, insight on how you might do that with an athlete yeah. or some, some, some of the conversation you might have. I typically, with their stance, I typically start them out about heels, about shoulder width, and pointing their toes out. So a lot of times people will come in and they, they're, generally it's, a, it's either very, very narrow or very, very wide. And there's cases that you can be made for like a wide stance, whatever. Generally, I'm going to put everybody in this kind of in-between stance. We're nice and stable. We're able to stack up some joints together. Um, so the heels under the shoulders, that's kind of where I start the mount and the toes out about 30 degrees. So just a qu quick little toe out. That's going to allow for the knee over the toe. I kind of have them aim for the pinky or knee over pinky toe. Yeah. So that's just going to allow that to be much easier than if you put them in this wide stance. And then they're really just putting their kind of groin and adductors at this kind of limited end range of motion. So putting them in yeah. the stance, they're able to utilize their quads, their glutes, hamstrings, all that, all very efficiently. They're not over-exaggerating one portion of it. And they're not having to focus on balance necessarily as much as they would. So, uh, yeah, that... Uh, <clears throat> heels under the shoulders and toe out angle is pretty much where we start out. And then we just kind of go by comfort yeah. generally. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, when I was doing a lot of this day to day, I would generally start about hip width, uh, ankles, hip width apart, toes out 30 degrees. I would tell people that when they sit down or squat down, they should feel like their hips fit inside their ankles. Yep. Um, to some extent, uh, and, you know, I think you're right about the, the too wide and the too narrow. Um, the reason that we would start most folks with a hip width position is because we want to be able to achieve a good range of motion, uh, which, you know, I said earlier was the hip crease below the top of the knee yep. and the bottom. So we'll define that as our range of motion. And then this stance allows us to kind of use uh, this is not entirely accurate, but it, it lets us use all of our muscles to some degree equally, yeah. <clears throat> right? So we're getting good uh, hip uh, musculature involved. We're getting good inner thigh or adductor musculature involved. We're getting good glute uh, musculature involved. Obviously, the quads are involved. <clears throat> and so when you start to intentionally go wider or more narrow, a lot of times folks will do that with the um, intention of biasing a certain muscle group, right? So for example, a narrow stance has historically been thought of as a quote, quad dominant squat, um, whereas a wider stance maybe to a box or something is gonna involve a lot more adductor um, and probably a lot more glute as well. So <clears throat> we're just trying to catch a, a little bit of everything. 
um, you know, when we teach somebody how to squat, uh, the basic squat. So, so we like that stance for sure. Um, the third thing that we will get into now that we have the body weight sort of mechanics down, we have the stance and the bottom position down, uh, we will finally add a bar. Um, we'll put a bar on the athlete's back at our gym. This might be a 15 pound bar, a 15 kilo bar or a 20 kilo bar. Uh, it just depends on the person, um, and where they're coming from. So we're going to try to fit them with the most appropriate bar first. Uh, but once we have done that, once we have a good idea where to go, then what we will try to do is put them in a lower bar position. Could you, could you explain what that is, Alex? Yeah. So with the low bar position, we're able to kind of, if you're looking at the body, you can kind of make it more of a hip dominant. And so what tends to be a big issue with the squat is mobility. And so by us putting this bar lower on our back, so we're going to kind of aim for like spine of the scapula. So I usually kind of have them walk back from their collarbone to their shoulder joint and then walk their fingers back to where they can feel that spine of the scapula and then are their shoulder blade. And then we can kind of feel that out and then find our bar position. Sometimes this can be a little uncomfortable on the shoulders, but we can kind of work with different grip widths and things like that to kind of accommodate that. Um, so by doing this though, we can have the hips kind of come back, have a little bit more of a torso lean, and then we can start, uh, or then we can allow the body to reach depth a little bit easier. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, across, you know, this is a general statement, but across the board, more folks can get into a quote, parallel or two depth squat mm -hmm. using a lower bar position. <clears throat> and so effectively what happens is the squat ends up being more limited by an athlete's shoulder mobility than their ankle knee hip mobility, right. which I think is probably counterintuitive for a lot of folks. Uh, they will say, I can't squat cause my, you know, my ankles are tight or my, you know, whatever. <laughs> Generally they will say some sort of lower body joint is restricted <clears throat> and we'll get into <clears throat> more on that here. I think with our last tip when we talk about balance, but, um, but anyways, that's kind of the conventional wisdom. And when we use the lower bar positioning, uh, if there is uh, an athlete that is unable to get into position, it is often shoulder related, yeah. uh, specifically external rotation of the shoulder or maybe extension of the thoracic spine or some combination of. Um, and so, you know, that is what we see with the, with the lower bar position, but we use it um, for uh for various reasons but the primary reason being that we feel like more people can get into squatting and add that to their programming using this position would you would you agree with that right yep yeah okay uh, okay cool so so we've got the body weight squat uh that's strategy number one the second thing we will we will teach them is the the bottom of the squat uh and we will fix their stance Finally, we will add a bar to their back. Ideally, it's a low bar positioning just for accessibility purposes. Um, there are other options there. Of course, a high bar positioning is fine. An SSB is fine. Um, a front squat is fine. All of Every squat is fine. So we're not necessarily saying that the low bar is like the best way to squat. It's just generally the most accessible. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the fourth thing that we will do, uh, uh, fourth strategy is... Um, We've actually talked about making this like mandatory. Yeah. Uh, we have not done it, but um, we use the box squat a lot. Uh, tell us why you like the box squat. 
So in my experience in the intros, everybody just kind of falls into position with the box squad just kind of perfectly. I mean, my experience with yeah. intros, so new trainees, and then also like youth training, it's just so much easier just to teach them how to box squat. And not saying that's like a cop-out or something, you know, to yeah. we're not going to spend time with you to actually teach you how to squat. But sometimes it just takes that like couple weeks of confidence building in that yep. position. And then we can, you know, maybe we drop the box a little bit lower and then, you know, and then just gradually take the box away. Um, I mean, for myself, I probably box squat 90% of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, same. same. Yeah. It's nobody cares. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, whenever I have them start box squatting in their intros, they kind of take it as like a hit to themselves. Like, oh, I couldn't squat. It's not that at all. It's, I mean, it's just trying to put you in the best position possible for success in the squat later on. Yeah, I, I think the box squat is fantastic. And there's a, there's a bunch of reasons. Um, you know, and when we say that people do it, you know, more easily or quicker, we only know that because we've taught a thousand people to squat without the box, yeah. right? Um, so it, it isn't a situation where we can't coach the squat. Um, we have coached lots and lots and lots of people to squat effectively, low bar squat effectively without a box. Um, some reasons that I like the box are uh, would include one uh, general ease for a new athlete if they're just really struggling with the uh, with the coaching. Uh, cueing and the teaching sort of method, then, you know, I want them to train. So I'm not going to burn four workouts teaching them to squat. Right. Um, I would rather, you know, make the call and, and let them box squat, you know, more quickly than, than not. So, so that's one reason. I will tell you personally, I like the box squat uh, as a 44-year-old guy with 44-year-old knees that, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes my... <laughs> Uh, um, you know, my, what's the word I'm looking for here? My sense of what I'm capable of on any given day might be a little more than what I'm actually capable yep. of on any given day. I'm 28 and, and so, <laughs> yeah. So like, I think, uh, that can, uh, that can really jam some folks up that have uh, a history of, uh, achy joints. And so I find personally that, um, I have less knee irritation box squatting than quote free squatting. Now I don't, I want to be clear about this. I don't think it's because free squatting is bad for the knees. I don't think it's any more dangerous for the knees. I don't think uh, there's any sort of inappropriate stress going on at the knees. What I think my situation is, is I care a lot about what I free squat and I don't care about what I box squat. Mm -hmm. So I am far more inclined to listen to what's actually available to me that day if I am box squatting rather than if I am quote free squatting, right? Uh, I have a list in my head of my greatest free squat performances. <laughs> and so I know that when I'm squatting, if it's a good or a quote not good workout today based on my historical performances, and that's really not a great way to approach your training. Um, I'm smart enough to know that when somebody has hit an all-time PR, uh, they have probably done so in very favorable circumstances. They were probably peaking. They were probably shedding some GPP work. So their recovery was probably really high. They might have been at a meet. Uh, you know, all these things. Maybe they were in the gym and, uh, you know, we were, uh, Pantera was playing and we had three <laughs> Red Bulls, right? There, there are a lot of reasons why that number might be that number that you might not want to recreate on a Tuesday afternoon, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
And so training and testing are different. So I find personally that the box squat allows me to train more effectively. Um, so for that reason, I love it. Um, and I will say, um, I, another reason for the box squat, I think can be, um, Another reason I think it can be really useful in programming is that it allows us more variety. We can, uh, we can manipulate the height. We can do an, uh, an intentionally low squat, which is going to reduce the loading. Uh-huh. Uh, we can do an intentionally high squat, which is going to increase the loading. We can go back after we've learned how to perform the basic squat with that stance we were talking about earlier. We can now add a wider stance. Maybe we have an athlete where we feel like the adductor or groin training is more important. Uh, football would be a good example, yep. or soccer. Uh, so it just gives us a lot of programming options. And, and I think that is really the biggest um, utility of the box squat. Okay, so lots and lots and lots of great reasons to add the box squat to your teaching progression or your programming. Um, the last one I want to get into uh, is... You know, we've alluded to this several times. We talked about people coming in saying they can't get to depth or they have, quote, poor mobility, uh, all these things, right? And what we find most of the time is that um, the athlete is simply not in balance, right? So this concept is, you know, the midfoot cue is, you know, kind of considered like the master cue, if you will, of squatting. Uh, And what we mean by the midfoot cue is that when we have an athlete squatting, we want them to imagine the barbell being placed over the middle of their foot. Um, if you're wearing tennis shoes, that's where the knot in your tennis shoe is. If you're wearing Olympic lifting shoes, that's where the uh, first uh, metatarsal strap is on your shoe. Um, but as they squat down and stand up, we would love to see the bar ride over top of this imaginary line. Um, and what that does is it places the athlete, you know, quote, in balance. Mm-hmm. And my, when I say the athlete, I should say the athlete and the barbell sort of system, right? Because it's important to understand that uh, when the athlete steps out of the hooks with the bar on his back, now him or her and that bar is all a single system, right? right? And as more weight is added to that bar, it will be more and more important for the athlete to keep the bar over the middle of his or her foot, Right. Do you have anything that uh, you think is worth noting on that sort of that concept? It's a it's a really important one and yeah. one that a lot of people that we work with have never even considered. Right. Yeah. There was this one video that I watched a while back. It was a, it was an Alan Thrall video. If you haven't looked at any of his videos, check him out. He's a good guy. Um, he he titled this video "How to Squat in Any Variation," and like I yeah. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm interested now and know how to squat, like, all these different ways. And the whole video was just midfoot, 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 midfoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. That's all it comes down to. Your high bar squatting, your low bar squatting, your SSB squatting, your box squatting. No matter what, we're going to be looking at that midfoot for that center of balance. And that's that's all it comes down to, to pretty much any left, but, you know, in this case, a squat. Yeah. I mean, I would I would make that argument for if you want to be a good lifter, Right, and mm-hmm. so a lifter lets use the squat, the deadlift, the press, the snatch, the clean and jerk, mm-hmm. pretty much everything except the bench press. The bar needs to be as close to the midfoot position as possible for the greatest amount of time during the lift as possible. Yep. Right. Obviously, some of those lifts are going to require the bar to come out of midfoot position mm-hmm. at a particular, you know, point in the range of motion or the the arc, um, but. 
to the degree that the athlete can stay within that midfoot position uh, will largely determine his or her success mm-hmm. uh, lifting, yep. you know, at, at a certain level. I mean, you know, obviously the whole point of getting strong is that you can, you can be more imperfect, right? Because you can quote muscle things around, right. <laughs> but some of the lifts, you know, like the snatch, the clean and jerk and the press don't tolerate much deviation off of the midfoot. So if you really want to move big weights, you know, in addition to being strong, having, you know, a lot of muscle, having good neuromuscular efficiency, you've got to be really good at keeping the bar over the middle of your foot. So this midfoot cue is a really big deal. And a lot of people coming in, um, have just never been exposed to that idea. And so they might start out saying something like, well, I can't squat because I, I'll fall over. Right. Um, you know, or I have, I'm tight. Usually that's what they'll say. I'm tight. Mm-hmm. And, and when you watch them squat down, really what they're doing is they're stopping short because they will fall over, right? If they keep squatting out of balance in the way that they're demonstrating, uh, they will fall. For- Most of the time people are on their toes. Yep. Uh, occasionally people will be on their heels, but, but you can see it, right? You can see the front of their foot or the yep. back of their foot. You can, you can see it sort of, <laughs> yeah, it's creeping up, right? Right. Or the toes are dancing, you know, that kind of stuff. And so this midfoot idea is really important and it's one that will serve them in all of the exercises. You know, even if we decide that for whatever reason, this athlete is unable to squat, let's say they're 72 and their shoulders absolutely will not tolerate a bar on their back and we're going to leg press or belt squat with them. Mm-hmm it will still serve them when they deadlift and rack pull and press. Um, so it's a concept that's really worth exploring. If you've never been exposed to that idea, give it some thought, uh, you know, go to YouTube and, you know, search midfoot squat balance. There's a ton of stuff out there. Uh, we have videos on the website. Uh, you know, if you go uh, the teaching the squat, the press and the deadlift, and we cover that midfoot in all of those videos. So, uh, so give that uh, a look if you're not sure what it's all about, and it will make a huge difference in your squat uh, performance. So, okay, cool. So that's our five strategies. Uh, start with body weight, fix your stance, use a low bar position, use a box, and find the midfoot. You got anything else? That's it. Cool. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. I uh, hope these tips uh, grow your squat and uh, let us know uh, if it does, if it helps. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can go to uh, Strength, Health, and Nutrition in St. Louis. Of course, we have the Brentwood Barbell business page. You can find us there as well. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. All right, talk to you soon. Later. See you.